Well, hello and welcome to the Wednesday Word. This is the Desert Spring Church podcast coming to you from Las Vegas, Nevada. My name is Julie Hart. I am the Director of Connectional Ministries here at Desert Spring, and I will be serving as the host of the podcast. Today, I have two very eager first time (laughs) podcast guests with us, and I'm excited to be able to uh, hear more about their story. We are in the, it's February, it's the month of love, of course, and so we have been doing a series on um, couples that have been married a really long time. So um, I really got to know this couple. I think really the first I got to know them was actually many years ago in the marriage class that Pastor David did. At the time I was newly married and my then husband and I were a part of this group. And so it um, it was, we got to know a little bit about your story then. So, but that's been a few years. So you'll probably have to refresh me on, on a few But anyway, that was a long introduction. I'll let y'all introduce yourselves, but we have Paul and Cindy Kimmel here today. So Cindy, let's start with if you could just introduce yourself and talk a little bit about how long you've been here at Desert Spring and some of your involvement here, uh, just to lay the groundwork. Uh, We've been at Desert Spring since about 2007, Mm -hmm. and um, in that time, we've both been very active. Uh, the most memorable thing is that I was in the uh, trustees and I got from being a member to being uh, the (laughs) chairman. And it was during the time that we were in the process of building, which was crazy because uh, the whole economy was down. Yeah. And so, but somehow we managed to pull it all off and it was great. It was very exciting time. Yeah. That was an exciting time. This is this predates me, but of course I've heard about it, and it's it's kind of it's really hard to think that wow during the during the downturn is is a time that um, our sanctuary was, uh, you know they they raised the money to be able to do that here, and it's it's, it's a remarkable story. So thank you for serving on trustees. Like that's uh... <laughs> it was interesting. Uh, if the loan went off. They would call me in the middle of the night and I have to come down. I don't know what I was supposed to do (laughs) if anything happened, but there I was. (laughs) Okay, well, now I'm that girl. So, yeah, you want to get on that list again? No. (laughs) That's crazy. The wind would do things, you know. Yeah, and balloons, the balloons, too. Yes, lots of balloons. (laughs) Well, wonderful. Well, thank thank you. Thank you for that. And um, I think I started coming in 2009, so you, you, you both were here a little bit before I got here, so... All right, so Paul, what about you? Well, we've been together in the church for that length of time. Uh, it was during the previous pastor, Tom Maddock. Uh, I joined the finance committee and became finance chair. And that was probably around the same time that Cynthia was trustees chair. So we overlapped in that. I uh, brought in new software for the church for membership in finance. Uh Obviously, we cared about the cost of the building and worked through with that. And I stayed on the finance committee after that. I was probably chair for four or five years and then a little bit longer. Dave said I had to cycle out because we were already beyond the limits that the Methodist Church would allow. Right, we have limits, right. So I stay on church council as endowments chair, which doesn't have a lot of activity because we focus on raising money for 
our general missions opportunities. Mm-hmm. Right. I've right. also been in the choir, but things got a bit busy, so I haven't been in the choir for a while. Okay. Okay. Well, you, you certainly, you both have been in service and given. Um, and so, yeah, you got long-term, well, you were here before I got here, so long-time members, right? <laughs> um, so I, I mentioned that we met in the marriage class, and this um, this series is about uh, people have been married a pretty long time. So you have a big anniversary coming up, but we, so we're not going to quite make it at the time this airs. But y'all have been married thirty nine years. Thirty nine and a half. Yes. Thirty nine and a half. <laughs> that counts. <laughs> that counts. That's wonderful. So I want to start with first of all, how did you meet? Hmm. <laughs> I I will comment after he. Oh, oh, this sounds good. I was uh, living in suburban New York City, New Jersey. Okay. And I was a part of one of the two or three uh, major uh, voice ensembles in New York doing the the big works. And we were approached by this impresario who was trying to make his name for himself, who was in southwest Louisiana. Mm -hmm. Uh, He came a bit too late to get the entire group to go, which was what he wanted. So we said those members interested could go, and he went off and, and got some other people, the Opera Company of uh, Connecticut, Connecticut uh, I forget what group from Wisconsin, and some people that were around him in Louisiana, which included Cynthia. Ah, okay. So the goal was to have, it was partially sponsored by the Greek government, and we were touring, singing in Greek theaters, opera hits. And they loved that, of course. Opera is still very popular in Europe. Yeah. We met uh, early on in a hotel lobby. <laughs> and she can go on from there. <laughs> uh, at that time, they had a travel uh, booth, you know. And so I was looking at the brochures and they mostly German, and it, it was a very popular place for Germans to go, it was to Greece. So I used my very best German and asked him, did he speak German? <laughs> and he had no idea what it was saying. After I cringed at what she pronounced, <laughs> we talked. And that's how it began. <laughs> so. Actually, this was in Crete, the island of Crete, in okay. the, in in the in town Hanya. of Khania. Yeah. Okay. Which is spelled 17 different ways. <laughs> Hanya. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. We Yeah. I, spell one. C-H-A-I-N-A. Okay. N-I-A. And I, I spell it the other way, X-A-N-I-A. Uh-huh. Yeah, I knew there was an X. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so you meet in the lobby, and you throw down your best uh, German, and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I was traveling with a bunch of people from uh, Louisiana. Okay. And... This was supposed to be a vacation for us. Mm-hmm. And so we were there to pass a good time, yeah. And so um, he, I think he was rather intrigued with our craziness. And so um, he started joining us at the table and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we had one lady that was a grandmother. We had one lady that had uh, her two daughters with her and myself and uh, my best friend. And so we were there and... We just, oh, there was a boy there too, a mm-hmm. young boy. Anyway, so we had the whole gambit. Well, one day we all went to a museum and they put a sticker on us and it, it had a blue, blue sticker with a black slash. 
And so we decided that would be our family crest. And so we became the Slash family because <laughs> we had all, the, all these awesome. yeah. generations. But I love to tell everybody that Paul's first wife was a chorus girl. And, of course, I am the first wife. But I wasn't in a dancing chorus. I was in a singing chorus. Yeah, that's great. That's wonderful. So how old are you both at this time? 35. <laughs> no, really? Oh, gosh. Okay. Right. No, you weren't 35? Plus. At the time? Oh, at the time. No. Yeah. Wow. So you, you're you in the Slash group and you're hanging out. Okay. And their group wasn't particularly serious about singing. These people were just... Uh, he, f- he filled in the group with the people from Louisiana. Our group spent uh, weeks during the summer going over the music. We were, uh, like I say, one of the major groups in New York. So we took it all very seriously, and, and they did, didn't. Did that, so how, how did that work together? Well, we had to pay our own way, so we didn't owe them anything. <laughs> you know? She's got a really good point there. <laughs> and uh, we had... Uh, the tapes he sent us tapes so we sang it just like he wanted it because of the tapes they had to relearn everything because he wanted to direct it his way differently it wasn't a total relearn and and we really knew the music and could properly <laughs> express it <laughs> not necessarily the way the director wanted but anyway it all worked out okay so so you you're singing every night how often are we are you singing about every day. About every day. Mostly and then, in Greek theaters. Okay. And Outside. Then, real Greek theaters. Yeah, the real Greek theaters. Yeah. Okay. And so, and how long is this tour that you're doing? It's about 14 days. 14 days. Okay. So this is not a whole lot of time, 14 days. No, no but we had a little bit of time at after the end of the tour because uh, when we were to fly back, they said that the airplane wasn't fit to fly. They were having an engine trouble. Wasn't fit to fly. Words we love to hear. Okay. So we yep. were at the airport in Athens, and uh, they had to send to England for another engine. So we were in the airport sleeping, talking, uh, whatever, for, I don't know, 36 hours? Okay. <laughs> after, after 14 days. Yeah. Now, now. So we had more time together. Okay. And then when we got back to the U.S., uh, obviously the original flights that people had scheduled were not around. Oh, messed up. Okay. So I had the group to my house in New Jersey, and we had a little bit more time. You really get to know people when you get to an airport and you're locked in, uh-huh. and they say, it'll be 24 hours, uh-huh. and you cannot leave the building. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, I'm thinking, you know, yeah. all those congenial people suddenly begin... Doing the early, ugly American thing of, you yeah. can't hold me here. I'm an American. Yeah. Nobody yeah. was doing that. A few of them. Were they? Group. Yeah. Okay. So um, he was, for a change, he was real calm. He was being calm. And, yeah. and, and well, because he had maybe, now at this point, I just want to know at this point, are you like, I kind of like this girl? Yeah. Okay. Did you, now were you picking up on that vibe? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and, and you were liking him back, but. Had you guys really talked about it yet, or are you just being cool at this point? We're just playing it cool right now. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. And besides, you're there. You're there as a professional, so right, right. <laughs> but <laughs> on vacation, but, uh, he's there for a good time, and you're like on the clock. So. But uh, <laughs> we were on my screened back porch overlooking the woods beyond, and 
uh, I did express how much I had found I cared about our relationship. And so before she flitted off back to Louisiana, flitted for before a, she flitted <laughs> for a for a long term relationship, we we were going to continue. Okay, so you you knew then that you, that you wanted to to keep in communication. Very much so. Okay, and how many miles did you have between y'all? Fifteen hundred miles. Yeah, about fifteen hundred. Yeah, okay, all right. And so, what did that long distance relationship look like? Well. Phone calls. Uh, she came up with her mother, right? Oh, that's yeah. Serious. You came up you with like your mother it. once, and then I flew down to uh, her father's birthday. Her father's birthday in Texas, where she grew up, mm-hmm. and I asked her father if it would be okay if I proposed to his daughter. Okay, hold on. This this feels like this happened real quick, so I feel like it is happening. How much time quick. has how now, much time is now? Remember, this is <laughs> July. We had this tour, the tour, and mm-hmm. uh, we got married in late November. You did not. Wow! So tour in July, get back in August. Well, got back yeah, probably in July, first yeah. part of August, and November you're married. Right. Wow! It's the uh, Fisher cut bait. For uh, long-term relation, long-distance relations. And this is the first marriage for you? Yes, Only marriage for you? Okay. All right. But for Cindy, you said second, right? Right. And uh, when I got back from the trip, uh, my mother, my ex-mother-in-law was supposed to pick me up at the airport and with the, my two kids. And when I finally got there, she said, uh, you can't see the kids. And I said, what? And so um, what had happened was that while I was away on this vacation that everybody in the universe knew I was doing, he had re-enrolled the kids in another school, and um, he had taken full custody. Well, in Louisiana in August, the courts closed for the whole month, and I could not do one thing. And my parents were on vacation. Wow. My lawyer was out of town. And Paul happened to call right away. And he couldn't believe that the whole world had just collapsed. And, and her husband was a lawyer so and knew the judges and so forth. So there so was he timed a lot. it just right. You there, and there was a lot of uh, small town, we're going to make this happen for this lawyer. And, and how old were your children? They were seven and ten. Ugh. So it was... Um, That's unattractive. It, yeah. I called the Civil Liberties in New Orleans, and they said, we can't help you. <laughs> and I thought, there's nobody. And I did a lot, so heavy praying. But Paul was, instead of going, oh, defeat, this is so sad, <laughs> he would go, so what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And he was so strong, and I knew that God had put him in my life. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when I was weak, he was strong, and when he gets weak, I get strong. And that's a real early on in a relationship kind of big, big problem. To a lot be, was going on. I mean, that's pretty quick. So you're just barely getting to know each other, and suddenly there's a there's a bit. This is a big ticket item that you're going through together. So how how did that work out? We got married. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, he met my parents. 
and I met his parents over Labor Day, and then uh, by then he he had uh, and, you know proposed and everything, and so my mother and I went back to New Jersey so that we could pick out rings and stuff. So it was all very wonderful. And what did your kids think? Well, they weren't living with me. They were out of the and picture. So they were out of this time. Yeah, and um, they did meet him when he came for my father's birthday, and they were kind of shell-shocked about everything. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm so, thinking about my kids were five and nine when I g- got divorced from their dad, and uh, it's 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 a, it's a startling for it's for kids, for their moms, for some reason to date or get married is, is seems to be a little bit yeah. harder for kids to accept. Well, their father had gotten married three years earlier. Yeah, it's different. So, yeah, you know, Dads can do dads that. Can moms do can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway, right. uh, so uh, I spent most of September in court trying to get everything settled and stuff. And uh, he made this wonderful bargain that uh, they would call me once a week and that they would have holidays with us. And so uh, at Christmas, they came. I had to fly from New Jersey to Louisiana and then fly them back. And we went first to uh, see his parents. And his parents were so wonderful with the kids. It was great. Mm -hmm. And then two days later, we went to New Jersey. And their father called it. And he would keep them on the line for about 45 minutes. And they got very belligerent. And finally, my son said, I'm leaving. He's 10. And uh, we said, what? And he said, Daddy said he'd pick me up at the airport. And so we, our time was cut short. This, this was a time when he was doing big-time pollution of their minds, swaying them. I'm familiar with that play. Away from her. <laughs> yep. With with probably lies. Yeah. Anyway, rough. so poof, they were gone again. And wow. That was hard. Well, it's, it's just interesting because it's like this new, you know, new relationship, new excitement thing happening at the same time. That just such yeah. a giant crushing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So anyway, um, it it got worse. <laughs> the phone calls became shorter and shorter, you know, like instead of 20 minutes, they were like five minutes and From stuff. the kids. And yeah. you could tell that he was standing right beside them and stuff. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it was a difficult situation. And it, it came to a climax when in March, my, my mother and father came to visit us and it, it was her birthday. And so I said, oh, we'll talk to the kids. And... My son and daughter refused to talk to either one of my parents, and they told Paul, because they didn't want to talk to me, that they didn't want to talk to us anymore, ever. Wow. And you could tell that they were being coached, you know, and so that was the end of that. So it was a very long time before we saw him again. Like 22 years. (laughs) That that will be a part of the story to come. If you're going down the timeline, that there's a gap now. Wow, 22 years is a very long time. Wow. The, the really, really, the only positive of that is the two of us were together as a couple and got to know each other personally, yeah. you know, that, that way, yeah. one-on-one. Yeah, wow. Just to think about a new relationship and just carrying that grief in it with you and to, and to how you were able to be there for her. That's and and it, it haunted her all, you know, continuously. Yes, I'm sure. 
I'm sure it did. One of them had a birthday in February, and the other one had a birthday in April. So from end of January to the 1st of May, I was like... You're just a mess. Yeah. 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 The thing about children is they do grow up and then they have adult brains and they can process their childhood through adult brains. And right. So that, you know, that's, yes. that's, uh, that's the good news. Um, okay. So we, we skipped some parts about how did you propose, Paul? Just <laughs> verbally, just uh, <laughs> phone. Because we, you know, we set the stage before she left uh, after the, the tour. And we talked on the phone and, and I made it clear that I wanted us to be together. And so we went into the, we meet each other's parents and all that. Just knowing that this is where you're headed. So this wasn't some big moment. It was just a conversation yeah. like, yes, this is right. We know this is right. And, and it's, it's funny because I had dated a lot. Mm -hmm. And actually I had been engaged at one point and mm -hmm. just wasn't the right person. Mm -hmm. And finally the right person came into my life. And you knew. You knew immediately. It seems like you knew really early on. Yes. Okay. Okay. So the uh, my question about the early years, that kind of answers that the early years were kind of bittersweet. You had this time together, just the two of you, like newlyweds, but also, you know, this um, sadness, this burden that you're, that you're carrying. So, yeah. And uh, he was working in long hours, too, so that was kind of hard. To and so we haven't talked about what y'all did, like uh, occupation-wise. Well, I was uh, an MBA graduate from Harvard, and I had uh, gone with Arthur Anderson, became a CPA, and I moved to the corporate world first as a financial analyst and then moved up and eventually ended up as CFO for three or four companies. Mm -hmm. uh, but the hours are long as a, as a, as a finance guy in a, in a company. Yeah. Also... The, app, the typical tenure of a CFO in a company is five to six years. Mm -hmm. Five years, I think it is. We managed six. Things would happen. The company would uh, go into a downturn or the company was acquired or this or mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So we moved about every six years. Yeah. Okay. So where did y'all live? Well, we started in North New Jersey mm -hmm. and I worked in New Jersey and also in the city. That is New York to those people that don't call it the city. I understand. <laughs> uh, we moved from there to San Antonio. Her sister had found and uh, had seen an ad for a CFO and thought I might be interested. And it proved good because my company was starting a downturn and a mm -hmm. consolidation. So we were in San Antonio for six years. And then that company eventually failed. Uh and I worked for a bit at uh, New Braunfels, uh, a water park manufacturing company. Okay. And moved. That was kind of more more of a consulting role, really, than than really being a CFO. But uh, a contact back in New Jersey, who had been my boss at one of my companies in New Jersey, uh, we'd been in touch a number of times, and he introduced a situation for me in Santa Barbara, California, that sounded really interesting, and we we moved there. Wow. So we were in Santa Barbara six years. Okay. That company was acquired. And the founder of that company was doing uh, some European roll-ups of, of medical device companies. based. At, uh, he was based in Las Vegas. So okay. he and I connected. I came to Las Vegas, worked for him. Uh, 
the FDA had a major slowdown on approvals and the company ran out of cash. So that ended that one, but I became uh, CFO of another company making uh, electronic table games. Okay. <laughs> and then after that one, I was uh, the head of finance for uh, a pharmacy, a nutraceutical company in Henderson. Okay. And then, actually, that one was after I'd retired from the previous company, and I, I got called. We were on vacation in Canada, in British Columbia, and I got a call from a recruiter in Michigan asking me about this opportunity he had in Henderson, Nevada. <laughs> so that worked out. Okay, that's pretty handy. Yeah. Then I retired again. Again, yeah. No one ever retires once, I'm learning. <laughs> okay. And so you you just every time packed up and moved and just went on to, to a new adventure? Yeah. Um, yeah, we moved, what, four, three different states. Okay. You know, so it was, when I moved to New Jersey, I knew Paul. <laughs> That's yeah, Paul. You know? Right. And when we moved to San Antonio, it was nice because my sister wasn't too far away. Yeah. And during that time, my um, mother got really ill. And I was able to stay with my father while she was in the hospital and mm-hmm. all that. And then when we moved to Santa Barbara. Well, before that, your father, after your mother passed, your father uh, was with us for a bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was fun. And then um, showing how God was always taking care of us, you know. Yeah. Getting he could us have in put the right us somewhere place. else, but he put us right where I needed to be in Texas. That time. See? At that time. And then we went to Santa Barbara. And I was I talked to my father one day, and he was going to have a procedure the next day. And we chatted, and we had a good time. And the very next day during the procedure, he died. And I was so thankful that I had been able to talk with him the day before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it just God keeps <laughs> always taking care of us. And, you know, one of my questions for you is, you know, how you've how you have been able to keep God at the center of your marriage. And and it's, I think the biggest thing is you, you recognize when God is present in that and it's, it hasn't always been easy. So how, how have you both been able to identify like, you know, this is a God thing that's happening here. This is God's timing or God will get us through us. Like how has that worked in your marriage? For me, uh, the most obvious times came when one company's position was going away mm-hmm. and you know, we were stressed and for out of the blue in unusual from an unusual direction would come a situation that would work out mm-hmm. after a lot of prayer mm-hmm. as after the uh, first company in San Antonio uh, really kind of went down uh, I didn't have anything right then and through a connection, through a website connection in New York City, this company in New Braunfels, which is just north of San Antonio, contacted me for this situation that I helped them out with for a year. Mm-hmm. And at that point, again, uh, this ex-boss from New Jersey got me to go to Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, the the big God thing was getting us together in Crete. Yeah. Yeah. See, you're the first couple so far that didn't meet in college. So I'm (laughs) going to tell people like either go to college or leave the country (laughs) is some good advice. So uh, Cindy, I know you've talked about um, 
these God moments and, and you, you have some of these that you took some time knowing that you were going to do this, uh, interview to kind of think through your marriage together, your time together and those God moments. What are some of the biggest ones that for you? Well, first of all, I hate journaling. Mm-hmm. I hate having to write down these things, <clears throat> but I, I thought you wanted that. So here goes. When my ex-husband divorced me, okay, I was left with these two kids, and he left town. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I had a teaching certificate, but I hadn't taught in a few years, and so it was kind of in limbo. One day, I was looking at the paper, and there was an ad in the paper for a star. And I said, what? And it says, uh, store area representative. Okay. And it was for McDonald's. And they said, we need someone that works with community groups, youth groups, stuff like that. Well, that's all I had done my married life was, you know, go out there and be part of the community because at that time lawyers couldn't advertise. So the only way you could get your name out there was have your name in the paper saying, oh, she helped with the parade, the Christmas parade. (laughs) Well, I went to the interview, and the guy said, list all your activities. And I put down the DAR, and he said, what's that? I said, this is Daughters of the American Revolution. And his eyebrows went up. (laughs) And I said, no, no, it's a historical kind of thing. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, right. So, thinking I was the weatherman right, or something. Right. Or she, she's not that old. <laughs> anyway, I got the job. And it wasn't because my father was president of the university from the town that I lived in. And it wasn't because my father-in-law had the biggest rice mill in America. Mm-hmm. It was because me. You. Yeah. yeah. And. It was an, an eye-opening experience for me, and I think that God did that. God said, "Look at this paper today. Go down here yeah. and, you know, put your little foot in front of the other and do it." Yeah, and that you could recognize that what you did, you know, a lot of times, and there, a lot of times we don't recognize if it's not like a, an official job, like our experience and how that that counts. I, I, I tell kids all the time, youth group and all that, you write these things down, these things that you're doing, yeah. they do count. And so yeah. that you were able to think about that and recognize. And so, you, you know, maybe your husband used you to, you know, pr- promote his business, but also that, that right. the experience was a gift for you. Yeah. It, it worked. And, uh, it turned out to be a great thing. I had, a, I did television <laughs> once a week. I did the Player of the Week in Lafayette, Louisiana, you know, wow. football player of the week. And uh, I did a radio program every week about local events going on it's at great. our store. I did uh, bounce back coupons. That was fun. You you come to my store and I'll give you free French fries. At, no, uh, well, you go to Walmart and you get a little on the back of your sales slip. It says free French fries at McDonald's. And you go to McDonald's and they say you're 5% off on peanut butter. Oh yeah. Back and forth. Okay. Gotcha. So those are the bounce back. That was fun. And I had all kinds of contests that I had to make up and (laughs) I had a kite flying contest. And that's great. But like one of them was a a Valentine thing. And I had elementary students 
from all the different schools draw valentines. Okay, so that was that. Then I had uh, the high school students judge them. Then I had the junior high students take them to the nursing homes. Oh, I love this so much, all of that. And yeah. so I covered the whole gambit, you know. Yeah. It was really neat. And um, I got to give away watches and all this kind of stuff. That's great. That's but great. Uh, anyway, so it was a fun thing. But there was a lot of pressure. I had five stores, and uh, two of them were in Lafayette. One was in New Iberia. One was in Opelousas. One was in the other town. And so it got to be a lot. And I had these two little kids at home. Mm -hmm. So um, then St. Michael's Catholic School called me and asked me if I would be interested in teaching. Nice. Now, if that ain't God, I don't know what it is. Nice. <laughs> you know? Nice. And, Especially uh, since she wasn't Catholic. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And uh, I went and I said, are you sure? And he said, you know, I, my credentials are kind of weak. She said, no, uh, you can just take these extension courses. So I went to school and taught school. And, wow. And uh, again, it was God. You know, I'd had my pinnacle yeah. <laughs> at McDonald's. I'd gotten yeah. my confidence back. Yes, yeah. And all that. One thing that happened, I went to a convention in New Orleans for McDonald's people. And there was a man there that was selling uniforms. And so we were talking, and he could tell that, obviously, I hadn't been away from home because that was the first time I'd ever been in a hotel by myself. Wow. You know? Yeah. And here I was, 30-something years old. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so we were talking, and he started telling me about himself and that as a child, he was a Holocaust survivor. Wow. And that he had managed to escape and gone back to the United, gone to the United States. Mm -hmm. And he, and I said, Oh, that's great. He said, well, I want you to listen to me. I didn't go back for my family. And he said, you are living for your family in now. He says, but it wouldn't have done any good for me to go back. I too would have been killed. And he, yeah. and it really hit me that, Oh, Okay, yeah. just being, giving your all doesn't really accomplish that much. Mm -hmm. So that was a little seed that was planted in my mind. Yeah, wow. Yeah, the, the concept is move on and don't you, stress about what you can't change. Yeah, yeah. you have to, exactly, yeah. And um, it's a really stoic was a way, way, right? Opener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, little anyway. messengers along the way, right? Little messengers bam, bam, along bam. the way. <laughs> time they've yeah. been giving me things yeah. yeah so it was great but um our time together wasn't all that easy either uh we had three miscarriages and the first one oh, well Elliot came easily okay but then the second child was miscarried and it was devastating yeah. to both of us but again we decided we'd have a service. And so we had a very private service at the mm -hmm. church, and we had our immediate friends come, and we read scriptures, and Paul sang a song. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it was a nice way to have closure. Mm -hmm. And The congregation was very supportive. Mm -hmm. in the, yeah. And uh, I don't know, it's... I, I always thought, that child's the luckiest one of all, because he 
go straight to heaven. Right? Yeah, still, it's it's a that's a heartbreaking thing yeah. to yeah. go through. But we'd been at that church for a while, I guess. Uh, it was probably after I helped out with the services because we had a about a year gap between ministers, so we would have visiting ministers, and, and I would basically run the rest of the service. I would do all the liturgy Worship and so leader, forth. Yeah. <laughs> Where were you on Sunday, Paul? <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, you know, God was there. And, and, and God gave me that thought. That yeah. Your child is with me now. You yeah. Know? And that's, and that's because you've obviously had a lot of a hardship and grief and as, as people do. And you, this is the first time you're talking about your church family. So to back up a little bit, we all both raised in the church. Very you, much so. You were both raised, but and so what, what? What denomination were you raised in, Paul? Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Lutheran, okay. And for you, that was an MYF president. Of course, you were. <laughs> Went to the National Convocation. I of love youth. when people. I love when people say MYF because kids now do not know what that means. But yes. <laughs> well, we in the Lutheran Church we had Walther League. <laughs> okay. Okay. Which was, so, which was a really good thing. Okay. So you you both grew up in the church. So. There was no question that church was going to be a part of your life, and every everywhere you went, mm-hmm. you found a church to belong to. Okay, so how did you get him to the to our side? Well, we, <laughs> well, we had been in with Lutheran churches, uh, actually for a while with the ELCA as well. Mm-hmm. But when we came to Las Vegas, everything was a little too contemporary and not friendly enough. Yeah. So. Yeah. So our dogs got lost. Your, so your she's segueing into how we found Desert Spring. Oh, your dogs. You did say your dogs got uh, lost. One, okay. I thought I heard you wrong. One dog. One dog. No, Bradley was with him. Oh, was he? Yeah. Oh. Okay. So uh, we had these two little dogs that loved to explore, and they got out one day, and they got lost. And we looked all through the neighborhood and couldn't find him. So we went down to the guardhouse, and they said, oh, yeah, Miss Brandy has them. She called. <laughs> And so I know where this is going. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, the kids and I went up to Brandy's house, and her kids were out in the yard playing with the dogs. The dogs didn't want to come home, of course, because everybody loves Brandy. And we thanked her profusely, and we took the dogs home. And the next Sunday, we were church shopping, and we came to Desert Spring, and there was Miss Brandy. And I took it as You're a like, sign. like, we're home. <laughs> well, as a sign. Again, you know. That's so good. That's it so was God. A, it was a friendly congregation. Yes. And uh, I en- enjoyed the sermons. It wasn't as structured as, as I prefer, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> and the theology is a little different, but uh, I've enjoyed both theologies. Yeah. I- yeah. And I, that's okay. You can take your... Even if you're in the same... A Methodist church is, an, is not... I mean, every church you go to is going to be a little bit different. Right. right? And, so. and uh, from... Surveys of people that go to churches, most people at most churches, uh, their theologies are all across the board anyway. Yes, that's very true. That's actually um, when I when I was looking for a church to be married in, Lutheran was the first place I started looking because of my experience with just the people that I'd known. So yeah, yeah, that's nice. Okay, so church is always a part of your life. You've always got this family to fall back in. Whenever whichever town you go to, you go and find a church and you get involved. And I'm assuming you were pretty involved in all of those. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's that's wonderful. Were you married in the church? Um, I was a good Methodist girl. 
I married him in the Lutheran Church. (laughs) In Huntsville, Texas. Very good. Very good. Okay. Because I figured... Methodist adopt anything. That's right. We're we're, we're open. We, we got inside. Uh, exactly. Exactly. All are welcome. Yes. Grace. Yes. yes. Okay. So go, continue on with the kids. You talked about you had your first easily, and then you had a few miscarriages. Right. And then we started moving all the time. And when we lived in Texas, well, before you in New Jersey, Charlotte was born as well. Yes. You took a lot of bed rest because she was an at-risk baby considering the age of the mother. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. They call it geriatric, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. It's rude. I hope they don't use that. <laughs> they do. do they that do? is the actual term. <laughs> yeah. Even though you're still in your 30s. <laughs> yes, it's called geriatric. <laughs> I wasn't in my 30s. <laughs> you mean so. you're like 35, you become a geriatric pregnancy. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. And so you were on bed rest. Yeah, and that was, that was hard. It was and, like three months. And they... They were so mean. They'd say, oh, in two weeks. We'll see you in two weeks. And, mm-hmm. and then they say, well, another two weeks. Mm-hmm. They just drag you out that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. saying, this is it, girl. <laughs> You're here for months. So um, it was long. But my son and I got real close. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're how many years apart then? Just three. Four and, so, and a half. Four and a half. Four and a half. Those, so the, you had two children together. Your two children from a first marriage, and then these two together. Okay. Uh, maybe we should segue into how they re-entered your life. So yeah. this is Our exactly life. where so, I wanted to go. So when uh, when we were in San Antonio, remember my family was my other family was in Louisiana, and the daughter was going to graduate from high school. Your daughter. Yes. I had never told the other two about the their step siblings. This is before Facebook and social media and all this stuff. <laughs> okay, because otherwise they would have known. <laughs> okay, and it was scary to me because they were the same age as when we got married, and they the first two had rejected me after this. You know, oh, how could you do these things? And oh, so it wow. took everything I had to talk to them about this. But Elliot was so sweet. He said, oh, I can't believe he did that to you and left you. Oh, that's terrible. I said, well, if he hadn't, you wouldn't be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, and, yeah. But instead of, well, what did you do, you know, and uh-huh. all this. Uh-huh. So anyway, we decided we'd go to the graduation because it's a public affair. And I just wanted to see her. I didn't want to talk to her. I didn't want any drama and all this stuff. And my friend said, you've got to pray about this, and you have to find a scripture and wow. hold on to that. And so anyway, she said, pray about every detail, mm-hmm. where you're going to park, what you're going to wear, where you're going to sit in the church, because it was the Catholic church, and all this stuff. Everything came to pass. Just exactly like, as you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was no parking places, and then suddenly there was a place to park, and, you know, mm-hmm. graduation in a small town is a big deal. We walked in. We sat at the very back, you know. A few minutes later, my ex-neighbors came and sat right in front of me. <gasps> and they were welcoming. Oh, we're mm-hmm. so glad to see you. Or instead of, what are you doing here? You know? Yes. And I said, well, I just want to see my daughter and uh, I don't want to talk to her. I just, I don't want any drama. This is her big day. I don't want to. They said, no, you got to say hello to her. I said, oh, I couldn't possibly. So after this, the ceremony, wow. 
they made me march up there. That was God. So I took a I lot just, of courage. Yeah. Got to talk to her for a few minutes. Got to see my son for a few minutes. And then we went up to my ex-husband and said, congratulations on all the awards your daughter got. And he said, well, thank you very much. And he's looking over the crowd. He never recognized us. So it was great. You know, no drama. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Wow. But if we hadn't been in San Antonio, I wouldn't have never gone to Louisiana to the thing. So it's just stuff like that. So I thought maybe well, you... Talk about your uh, when Lisa found out about you because and what was changing in your ex-husband's life. Oh, okay. So the ex-husband's wife died. And a couple of months later, Lisa called me, and that's the daughter. Okay. But she... She, first of all, her mother-in-law had helped somebody find their birth mother. And she told Lisa, you need to do this. Because, like I said, I'd only seen her once. Okay? So uh, she knew that we had a son whose name was Elliot, because that's my father's name. And she knew our last name, but she wasn't really sure where we were living and stuff. So she, by then we had Facebook and stuff. Oh, see? I knew that was going to get in here somehow. (laughs) So she managed to find that Elliot was living in California. Uh Uh-huh. And she called him. See? Telling you. And she said, and he was real nice to her, which I was very thankful for. And he, uh, she said, do you think it would be all right if I called her? And he said, oh, yes, I think she'd like that. And she said, would you give me her number? And he said, yes. And And Elliot's how old at this time? He's... In his 20s. Low 20s. Okay. okay. still a kid. Yeah. He wasn't married or anything. Yeah. Okay. So um, he calls us to tell us, watch out, Lisa's going to call. Well, we were eating dinner, so we can tell the phone call. <laughs> so we'll call him back later. <laughs> so the next call was Lisa. <laughs> Paul answered the phone, and he says, it's Lisa. I went, oh. <laughs> <laughs> phone and sat on the stairs and talked to her. There was no drama. All these shows on TV, you know, they all come in weeping and hugging and yeah. carrying on. It was, hey, how are you? I'm I'm fine. I just have some questions. And she's how old now? She's a, she's married. I mean, at this time that she's calling you, yeah, how old was married she? And uh, she's has a child. Yeah. But they'd also started to learn some things about their father. See, the father had been running around with another woman who had a Pentecostal church, and I guess he wanted to run that Pentecostal church. He took up with her for probably three years before the uh, actual divorce. The quasi-divorce. It was a Haitian divorce. Uh, mm-hmm. And and then, then he took up with another woman later. While he was and, married to her. So... The kids were finally seeing the nature of the father. So anyway, when she yep. and that maybe maybe some of these stories they heard were not true. Yep. So anyway, so she gets in touch with me and we have this great conversation. And she said, "Can I talk to you again?" I said, "Oh, anytime. You let me know. You know." And she said, "I think my brother would like to talk to you. He's coming to Las Vegas for a convention." And I said, "Oh, that'd be great. I'd love to see him." So. Ta-da. You know, after all this trauma and heartbreak for 
wow. something like 30 years. Wow. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just wow. crazy. It, it all came back and we had our hallmark. And we have become very close with all of them. Uh uh-huh. We spend every Christmas with the uh, eldest JJ, the son. That's beautiful. And, and uh, JJ provided uh, presided over Elliot's wedding. Wow. Because he's he's a minister. Yeah, I I, I picked up on and that. Okay. He's he's a minister and a lawyer. Yeah. Okay, that's a both sides of the coin. There you go. I just you know I. What I think is fascinating to hear you tell this is I hear you, it's it's a joyful thing. And it's, it's I don't hear, it would be very easy to be bitter about all the years that you lost, right? It would be very easy to, to hold that, you know, resentment. And, and I'm sure there is, there's definitely hurt. And I, I, there's parts of your stories I can, I can understand, you know, and it's a, it's a sad thing when parents go through divorce and they have to, um, do be that to their children. Yeah, yeah, be at odds with each yeah. other, you know. Yeah. And that's a sad thing, but but I hear just the celebration in you know, having them in your life again. And it, it I can say it's a happily ever after kind of ending. It it's uh, amazing. Yeah, that's really remarkable. And, it, and JJ has four kids and Lisa has two. And so we see a lot of kids when we visit. That's so great. we have eight that was my next question. Now you got to have some grandkids right now. So you have eight grandchildren. Elliot has one and Charlotte has one. Okay. Rest. Of course, they're young. We're about next month. We'll go to uh, Charlotte's son's second birthday. Wow. And what's nice is they're in driving distance. Uh, Charlotte's just north of San Diego and Elliot's just west of LA. When I say west, don't think the ocean. The coast does curve. <laughs> They live in a boat. Okay. <laughs> um, when when it, I'm still, my heart is still hurting a little thinking about um, as a mother telling your children, you know what, there's these other children before. And just that fear that you would have, the fear of that rejection and abandonment, which is kind of flipped because it's more, usually it's kids that fear like being, you know, rejected by their parents by not, you know, and so to to have that kind of fear and to be able to have been met with the grace by children, right? By by such grace um, is just just really beautiful, and it's a testament to the people that you raise them to be, yes. right? You know that they could respond in in grace with that, and you know it's exciting that they have they both sides they got extra siblings, you know, which yeah, Elliot is particularly fond of his. Stepbrother JJ. Yeah, they talk. They even look alike. <laughs> Isn't that funny? They oh, do. that's cool. And uh, Lisa looks just like I do. You know, yeah, it's crazy. Um, and Charlotte loves her big brother. At that, you know, he he make a point of flying into San Diego to see her and yeah. stuff. And it's great. You know, it really is. And they're they're supportive of each other. And Lisa is real good about going to see me every Mother's Day. That's so great. So, you know, it's it's like you say, it's like that Hallmark movie channel. <laughs> Everything ends up. Yeah, yeah. It, and that's and that's that's that really gives you hope. And, and so so the two of you being married and going through ups and downs and the and the downs came, you know, even before you were married, right? You're dealing with the with that like right away. Um what what valuable lesson do you think that you learned? that you couldn't have learned without each other in, in your lives. One thing is we grew together. Yeah. 
along with the things that we liked about each other initially, as we got to know each other more and more, we found a lot of commonalities of things that we enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of the things I think is important for others to find in a spouse is commonality of interests, not 100%, but having things that they can share and and grow on. Mm -hmm. And prayer is another one Mm -hmm. to make sure it's people recognize the importance of prayer and praying together mm-hmm. uh, real prayers <laughs> Got prayers. yeah and and communication that's always an issue usually an issue between couples yeah couples uh one spouse will assume the other one should know something mm-hmm. uh that's never true mm-hmm. uh, one spouse could assume the other one hears something <laughs> too. A, a, yeah a, yeah one has to really vocalize calmly if yeah. there's an issue yeah. So you can talk about it. Yeah. And of course, if there is an argument, uh, it's good to back away for a bit and then talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. I think you have some other God moments that you jotted down there. So did any well, standouts for you? That one of the things that we've learned is that God works out every detail. Yep. And, you know, let go, let God kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You need to remember that. And, mm-hmm. um, and it's done in his time. Like with, with Charlotte, it was hard to have her. And we did the the shots and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then stopped and said, well, we're never going to have it. And then we did because it was in God's time. God mm-hmm. said, okay, mm-hmm. now you realize I'm the one in control. Yeah. <laughs> and you go, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you think, how stupid can you be to yeah. not realize these things? Yeah. But um, everything happen in God's time mm-hmm. and I, I like after it had been 20 years since I'd seen these other children I figured well I guess we're never going to see them you pretty much had resigned yourself to yeah. that right yeah and I told Pastor Dave one time I said hope is cruel oh oh and he said well <laughs> I said you know if, if they just said that's it move on it would have been a lot easier. Gosh, that's that that hits me too. Yeah. I don't think God works out every detail. He works out things for you for you, for the best of you. Yeah. But He created a, this world uh, with free will. As yep. a result, there are randomness in this world. It yes. has to be with free will. Yeah. So yeah, not every little detail is planned by God because He lets things happen. Well, but and, but uh, important things, he usually comes through. Other people's free will splat. I, I try to explain this to people. Uh, everyone, God gave us free will, and sometimes other people's free will splashes into our lives, right? <laughs> it's like, okay, so Cindy handed me the Bible here, her Bible. I love this big print. Thank you. Yeah. And it says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Circled arrows, underlined words in Cindy's Bible. I love that. Yeah, that that's that was, that's it's my a, scripture to hang on to. And it's important to be in church together. Yeah, yeah. And it's important to be in church for the community of others. Yes, it is. And so I, in, a, in a moment, I'm going to ask you, I've got two more questions for you. And one of them is about advice that you give younger couples. And I know we went through the marriage class 
obviously you took better notes than I did. I don't know. <laughs> we we laugh because as you all know that um, I I had just I was a newlywed married at the time. We divorced at the end of 2016, and and of course now we're dating. So I mean, you never know. But um, in God's time, in God's time. But before I ask that question, I want to know, Cindy, what's something about Paul that maybe would surprise the rest of us that to know? In verse five, so I'm asking you too, Paul, about Cindy. Like, what's something you think that might surprise people that you yeah we you know a lot of us have known you for for many many years. But what might be surprising? I'm sure that some people know she moves uh, furniture. She she's very organized, but maybe a lot of people who don't know her from trustees don't realize that. Mm. Uh, she she loves hospitality. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that haven't been over may not realize that. I've never been invited over, not for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we have. And, we are a little slacking on <laughs> Just on kidding. that whole area. We have vowed, we already have vowed to uh, increase our circle of having people over. That's nice. We've started, we just started. Uh, it's important to, to do that, and we really haven't done that for yeah. quite a while. Actually, I might have to take that back. You might have had an Emmaus meeting many, many years ago when I first came here at your house. I know we had a Bible study Except at our house. For yeah. Several, yeah. And those. Yeah. Small group, a couple of times. I can see you being the hospitable. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Okay, so advice for, for younger couples. First of all, for those oh. that... Are, yeah. She loves to move furniture around. You never know where something is going to be. <laughs> cool. So 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 take your flashlight when you get up right. in the middle of the yeah, night. You can't like... depend on the, the space being open. <laughs> so you like to change it up. Yes. Okay, I yes. like that. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing that right now. Not because I want to, but I have to. Okay. All right, so advice for younger couples. Communicate and celebrate. We celebrate the day we met, July 19th. Every year we celebrate that. That's so cute. That's so cute. <laughs> Communicate and celebrate. And, you know, I made comments about communication before, so those fit into this now. But also, and this is what we're trying to get back to, is cultivate friends with similar interests and beliefs yeah yeah it's it's a reinforcement thing yeah yeah it's really true and I think it's important I value very much um in the church I have really been blessed to know people of all generations so me being 55 I'm like the monkey in the middle right of the road here and I learned so much from the younger the young, those are much younger and I young, I get to learn from older. And so I do think that I love to see more of, um, time spent together across generations and learning mm-hmm. from each other and, and understanding, you know, um, cause it's very different. I tell moms now with young kids, I'm like, whew, I got out of this just in time. Y'all like, this looks hard what you're doing because it's a different being a parent is not the same today as no. it was you know, when, when we raised our children and, and it always seems like the older people always say, Jesus, the world isn't as good as it used to be. <laughs> and I really don't like this or that or the other. Yeah. I think God gives us a certain lifespan so we don't have to keep dealing with that. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. Um, that, that's really true. So yeah, I, I think that's really good advice. I, I think, um, COVID people kind of went in and forgot how to go out and be mm-hmm. amongst each other and spend time together. And, you know, it's, I think people are still struggling to get back to 
gathering and 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 spending time together right. in that face to face kind of way. So I think it's important if you've got a great marriage and you guys know the secret sauce, then you need to share that with the other people. <laughs> well, well, we're going to be doing that tonight with you at a small group. Yes, you're coming to a community yes. group. Yeah, yeah. Well, are there, before we close, are there any last things you think that maybe we didn't cover? Cover. We're, we're winding down the month. Actually, following you next week will be um, Pastor David and Jerry. Hmm. Um, so do you have any questions you think I should ask them? <laughs> was it cold in the TP? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna ask that question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I it's a beautiful story, and I did um, I did learn some new things, and I just I we yeah. haven't shared this with many people. No, and that was the thing when we first got married. I never discussed that I'd had children, you know, yeah. with anybody. And so, the first ten years, it was always like people would say, "Oh, do you have kids?" You know, and you go, "Oh, just this one," you know. Yeah. It was like you had to hide it. Yeah. And, and how, yes. And the pain that, 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 that must have caused for, for all those years. That's, but I, so I, there's a new book out I have to get. It's called Super Communicators or something like that. And, and one of the things they talked about is to really be a super communicator and have meaningful conversations and relationships. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. Very vulnerable. And so I really applaud you for being vulnerable here today because I'm sure there's a lot of people that um, there are parts of your story that uh, will help them that are struggling in, in certain ways and carrying certain burdens that are hard to talk about. And um, I, I think it's good to talk about him. So, I, I truly believe that God put us together because mm-hmm. I was in Louisiana, he was in New Jersey, and God decided, oh, let's put him in Greece. And yeah, we'll had to leave together. the country to find it. I mean, you truly, that's, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's yeah. bizarre yeah. in so many ways. And it, but it worked. It's a God thing. It's beautiful. Well, I, I thank you both. You see, I told you they're like, you may remember like we can't really talk that long it's like you'll be surprised when we get talking there's a lot to share and and you have so much of a beautiful story i know we probably just um it's the tip of the iceberg i will i i wish you could see we're not a video otherwise we'd never have any guests we're just audio (laughs) except for cindy has brought her her bouquet from your wedding and that's very that's very sweet uh, and um the pictures are uh, will be up with the podcast. Um, so thank you so much. We're, uh, before we close in prayer, just want to, again, say next week we'll finish this. If you're following along this series, we've got to get to know some couples in the church. I think we need to circle back and do this again because um, it's been really fun getting to know couples and pastor david and jerry yes if you get this if you get this message now you can email me questions right that we think we should ask pastor david and jerry but although we've had a lot of sermons we've probably heard a lot of it but um anyway gracious loving god we just wow we just give you thanks so much for the beautiful lives that um paul and cindy have and um the many lives that they've touched and i just give you thanks for their willingness to come and to share their story knowing that parts of their story um, will touch listeners in in ways that um, can be healing for them we know that uh, their um, 
ability to see you in uh, not just the great things and the great times where everything is going well, but also in the struggles and the hardships they've gone through is, um, is a big part of the success for the marriage that they have. We just uh, ask that you continue to bless their marriage um, coming up on 40 years. It's, it's uh, a lot of wonderful years together, and we just pray for many more um, blessings together. And we just thank you for their children and their grandchildren and um, for the happy ending that, that we get to witness. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. <laughs>